What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? Listen, and we have... Moose, you intro this. I don't even want, I don't even want to let me feel tell you right. Something. Let, let me tell you something. We've had some, some very important heavy hitters on the show so far. We are extremely grateful for you all. But this one... Holds a very special like, place I, I, in our heart. Y'all great and everything, <laughs> yeah, but... You guys are great. We love you all. But l- l- let me say it this way. Literally, and this is no exaggeration, not because, you know, they'll be on with us here shortly. Literally, the most humble person I have ever met. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And not humble because he's trying to climb up, you know, the ladder of success. The man has accomplished much to be proud of. But literally, the humility, the integrity, the character... I can go on and on. So I'm really excited about this one. Hint. His name is Inky. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens. Cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose. Bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force. But more importantly, the stories. Behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So you already know I gotta do the review of the week. Hey. Hey. All right, this is a lot of words. Y'all know I don't like reading out loud. Y'all keep writing these long words, but that's cool. All right, here we go. Great content. Wow, the the gems dropped are amazing. I thank y'all for creating a space for others to share their experiences and for sharing such knowledge. I especially love the episode with Carl. I'm a high S and high C, and I definitely catch myself in a supportive role and just going at much slower pace. Love it. Shout out to Nikki. I like your your name, by the way. I like your name. I just <laughs> want to put that out there. Um but shout out to everybody who writes a review every single week. We read them. We love them. We post them on the Instagram. So go check that out at Nikki and Moose. But let's let's get into the man of the hour. You see him. There he is. What up? What up? What's up, Ink? <laughs> what up, good people? How y'all feeling, man? How oh, man. Bless. Bless. Listen, the, the way we have this episode, you are starting off 2021. I just want to put that out there. You are starting off 2021. And and Moose, could I start real quick? I got to just a random. Listen. Please. 2020 happened. It happened. What was the biggest lesson? Let's start there. What was the biggest lesson from 2020? Yeah, man. uh, First off, you know, I just want to thank you both. You know, not only for your platform. I want to thank you all. You know, just for what you do and how you do it, man. I got a lot of lot of respect for both of you all. So to be on, it's an honor and a privilege. But um, I would say the biggest the biggest lesson uh, for me has just been, you know, stepping back, evaluating the big picture in terms of my life. And I have been running for a while, you know, in terms of when I say running, coming out of the gate speaking. I started young, you know. I started at you know twenty years old, basically twenty one years old speaking. And so I had been running for a while, just out of the gate, right? Like a horse at a race. And I hadn't really slowed down in my career much, right? And I'm 34 years old now. And so this year was a blessing for me because I got to step back, 
got to slow down, got to look at my life, evaluate different moments, different areas. And it's been a blessing, right? Just being able to step back, slow down, evaluate, self-assess. And I've learned a lot. That's good. That's good. All right, Moose. Start it off. I had, to get, I, had to get, I had to get 2020 out of the way. No, it's good. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. But let, let's uh, t- take us back a little bit, Inc. I mean, um, you know, I, I think for those who may or may not know, but let's just pretend there's the, the crazy people who have no idea who you are. I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> you know, people. that's a, a little bit crazy. But uh, just, yeah, give us a quick intro, man. Who, who, is, uh, who is the man behind Inky Johnson? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, most importantly, husband and a father. But, um, you know, I grew up in the city of Atlanta, southeast corner to be exact, uh, born to a mother at 16, two bedroom home, 14 people. And like most kids, man, started off with a dream, you know, a dream to make it to the NFL because I felt as if this was the quickest vehicle to help me change my family's life and got very close to making that dream manifest. And one day, man, my life got turned upside down. You know, I went out to play the game, had an injury. And life looked different September 9th, 2006, moving forward. Paralyzed my right arm and hand. Not only did my career end, but my life changed. And uh, it's produced a man that, you know, the world have come to know, you know. Wow. Sheesh. All right. So, Aiden, here's my question. Mm-hmm. When, with everything that happened, right, when did you know, you know what, what I have, like, it has to get out to the world. Like, when did you know? Was there a particular day, event, situation? What was that for you? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, just being honest, I think the spirit that most people catch from me is based upon me not realizing or thinking that anything I had been through or anything I had experienced was anything special. And what I mean by that is like my life story, right? Like I never thought what I had been through was anything special because I know cats that came up and had it worse than I had it. Or I knew cats that had injuries, whatever the case may have been. You know, I was raised, you know, you get it how you live. You take things in stride, you embrace it and you figure it out. And so even after my injury, I wasn't trying to speak. You know, that wasn't on the agenda. I was trying to coach. And I used to go and do service projects all the time. Right. Because people helped me and my family when I was growing up. And so I was passionate about it. And I'll never forget, man, when a man came up to me uh, in the mall in Tennessee and um, he stopped a couple of feet away from me and he was crying. And he said to me, thank you. And I was like, what are you thanking me for? And he was like, I saw your story on the news tonight when you were talking about what happened to you. And he said, I said, man, if this guy can laugh and make humor about his situation, and what he was going through, surely I could stay in there and I could fight for my wife and my three daughters. And he said life had been beating him up and he was about to leave. And in that moment, I was like, man, if I represent this to people, I got to take my life and what I do a little bit more serious. Mm. Moose. Yeah, Ink, you know, there are a few words or major themes, if you will, that I think of, you know, whenever I think of Inky Johnson. Um, and and one of them, of course, I mentioned them at the intro, but one of them especially is faith, like just an unbelievable amount of faith, right? Like there's a story of you going to, uh, you know, share your book with Oprah, 
right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, there's a lot of interesting stories. And for those who haven't heard the stories, go look deeper into Inky's story to really learn about. Like, he gave you just a, a very short summary, but there's a lot more to it. You know, what, why, why the faith, right? Why do you feel that that's such an important ingredient in the equation of success as a, as a brand, as a business, as a speaker, as a husband? Why is that so important, you feel? Yeah, and so, you know, Moose, like, biblically, you know, when we look at faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? Like, that's the definition of it biblically that we know. But when I look at faith, faith for me has also represented, ever since I was a kid, growing up in that two-bedroom home with 14 people, growing up, me and my cousins wearing the same clothes to school, sleeping on the floor, roaches and rats, rushing to the bus stop, shaking my book bag out, making sure there were no roaches and rats, right? Ever since I grew up in this environment, faith for me represented everything was going to be okay, right? Regardless of how bad it may have looked, regardless of what we were going through at the time, regardless of what you may be experiencing, regardless of what you may encounter, faith for me was always that thing that represented, regardless of what you experience, regardless of what you go through, regardless of what you encounter, everything is going to be fine. Right. And subscribing to that thought process of being optimistic about whatever I encounter. And so it's worked at every phase of my life when I was a kid. Right. Coming up in that environment, nobody in my family had went to college, but I believed that I would. And it happened. Right. First one in my family to go to college. I believe I'll be the first one to graduate college. It happened in the midst of my injury and me having to learn how to write with my left hand. Right. Even after my injury, subscribing to the same thought process of faith that hey, man, everything is going to work out and everything is going to be okay. And so for me, that's what faith represents to me. And that's why it's so important, not just because of the biblical definition of it, but also understanding and realizing that, hey, man, regardless of what you go through, you might not like it, but things have a way of working itself out in life. That's good. That's good. So, Inc., who did you, who did you look up to or go to when it was time to brand yourself, like who was maybe a few people or maybe even something that you read? Like what was who was that person for you? Yeah. So, um, man, I'll never forget. I had been speaking and, you know, I was just doing it right. Just because a lot of people had said to me, Inc., man, you might need to look into speaking. And I'll never forget when it started to feel right. Right. And I was like, man, this is. This is the thing, right? I believe this is what God wants me to do with my life. And so I started taking it serious. And I'll never forget, I still wasn't thinking in terms of branding, marketing, right? I wasn't thinking about, you know, Lane. I wasn't thinking about any of that because you got to think, I was still fresh off of my injury, right? Like I was just going into environments and doing something because I was searching for purpose, right? I was searching for fulfillment. I had lost the thing that fulfilled me and drove me every single day. And so even when I started doing it, I was still fairly fresh off of my injury, right? Whether it was a year, two years, three years in. And I'll never forget when one of my buddies uh, showed me a video of E, right? And like, it blew my mind, right? I was like, man, my man, like vicious, right? Like I hadn't seen anything like that. And of course, it sent me down the rabbit hole of studying him. And, and fortunately for me, you know, CJ was in Atlanta. I got to meet with CJ and uh, we got to talk and, you know, I shared my vision with him and he started to change my thought process about it. And early on, I had a guy before he got into music and things of that nature, 
he was working with me in terms of branding and things of that nature. And he helped me develop as well. And so it was a couple of people early on that helped me develop and look at things differently. Like that. Like that. Moose, I set you up. Go, go, go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Talk talk to us about that entrepreneurship journey too, because I know like in the beginning, especially in the untraditional realm, like speaking wasn't as popular as it is now when you first started, right? Like, I don't know if there were rules in terms of uh, how do you go about negotiating and all these other things. What was that experience like for you? You talked about when it started to feel right. Give us a a little bit more insight on that. You know, Moose, man, I, um, when I started, you know, it was just about me being obedient to what I felt was the call on my life, right? Because it says obedience is better than sacrifice. But for most of the time as people, what do we do? We judge the level of sacrifice without first being obedient, right? And so if you give a person a task or you ask a person to go on a quest to do something, they're going to look at it and say, well, what do I have to give up, right? What is it going to cost me, right? What do I have to do? How many hours is it going to take? Like, why do I got to leave my family? They judge the level of sacrifice without being obedient. And so for me, I was like, I'm going to just be obedient with speaking, right? Like, you want me to go to a birthday party? Cool. I'm going to go to the birthday party and speak. You want me to go speak to some elderly ladies at a golf course? Cool. I'm going to go there and speak. I get an opportunity in corporate? Cool. I'm going to go there and speak, right? And so early on, it was about me perfecting my presentation, perfecting my craft, and trying to become great from a communication standpoint, right? So I can demand what I wanted to demand. And it was a process that I was well aware of, right? I wasn't going into rooms asking for certain things that I knew I wasn't worthy of at that point. And I knew like I wasn't at that level. And so my whole thing, the unconventional route for me was early on when I started charging 5,000 or whatever, 3,500, whatever the case may have been at that level, I wanted to be able to provide so much value from a speaking and communication and presentation standpoint that when they paid me, they felt as if, man, I just got an amazing deal, right? I just gave my man five grand and like, he blew it out of the water, right? Like, I'll never forget, Moose and Nick, I'll never forget, a guy paid me, um, I think it was like 7500 First time when I got 7500 And I spoke, right? And the CEO of this steel company was in the room. And at the time, like, when I got 7500 at that time, I was like, oh, I just got $7,500, right? Like, I was, like, tripping, right? Like, man, somebody just paid me to speak, right? Because I'm still looking at it like, man, somebody willing to pay me to speak? My man gave me $7,500. The CEO comes up to me after the engagement, and he says to me, man, that was unbelievable. He said, I would have gave you twenty grand for what you just did up there. Wow. So I would have gave you twenty grand for that. I went back to my hotel that night. I told my wife, I was like, my man, they would have gave me 20 grand. I was tripping about (laughs) 7,500, right? And check, he hit me up the next week, probably that Wednesday, and set me up for like two more engagements within different branches of his company. And he paid me the 20 grand, right? But when he spoke to me, he was like, man, I get it. Like, you love what you do. Like, it's all good. You're great at it. But he told me, he said, don't do that to your family, right? And it hit me. He said, don't be out on the road speaking and providing value and undervaluing yourself. Don't do that to your family. Charge what you're worth, man. And it changed my whole thought process about it. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. I almost want, I almost want to stay there because, mm-hmm. like, 
there are a lot of people who are starting and struggle with that worth. Absolutely. Like when it comes to, to the bag, it's a different, some people feel like they give it all or some people don't know what they're doing and do too much. Absolutely. Like what is, what is the happy medium that you've learned um, throughout the years? Yeah, I think, um, you know, cause I've been in a room, you know, on both ends of the spectrum and like I've been in a room to where it was several speakers and I spoke and, you know, I just been fortunate enough to have these type of encounters, but I spoke and other people had spoken. And afterwards, uh, one of the guys from the committee pulled me into his office and he sat me down at his desk and he said to me, he said, man, um, we feel as if as a committee, you gave the best presentation. I was like, thank you, man. It means a lot. Greatly appreciate it. He said, but you got paid the least. Mm. <laughs> He's like, you got paid the least. He's like, you're the nicest, but you got paid the least, right? And when he said it, I was like, can I get the tape on everybody that presented? Like, I just want to see, right? Because if if they better than me or if they further along in the game than me or industry than me, you know, I'm going to just be like, hey, man, I tip my hat to him and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to try to learn and grow into that space of whatever I want to demand. Right. Because I think a lot of times a person might ask for something in terms of whatever the quote may be, honorarium, whatever the price may be. They might ask for something, but they don't necessarily provide that level of value or they don't understand the perception that's attached to it. Right. And so for me, I wanted to look at the other guys that were on the bill, see what they were presenting, see how they were doing it see what they charge, but also look at my own presentation, self-assess myself and see what what do I want and does my presentation line up to that? And can I actually demand that or will I be pricing myself out of the market? Because I think a lot of people do that as well. Thanks. Yeah, and, and Inc., I'm, I'm curious because I feel like I, what I've noticed about you know, people, they, they either under greatly undervalue who they are mm-hmm. or they um, probably overvalue, right? They're, it's it's difficult to get that honest interpretation of where yeah, you're at. <laughs> and and sometimes it comes with, uh, I think they play off of their age. It's like, oh man, I'm still young. Right. What, now I know you're big on process, right? Like you, you're really big on my process, both personally and professionally. Is there a process that you kind of use to help you figure out your value outside of the, the 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 things that we're tied to, right? Like something that we we consider, oh man, I feel like I'm younger, maybe I'm too aged or I'm outdated. What 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 would you say to that person who feels they're too young or too old and and not really getting an honest look of what they can provide? Yeah, so I think um, I think it's more so about understanding what does it take you know, to acquire or get what it is that you're trying to get, right? Or that you seek out to acquire in terms of the services that you offer. And like you all said, a lot of people are not honest with themselves, right? I think that's the first challenge, right? Like I'm brutally honest with myself. Like I knew at certain parts of my career when I wasn't there yet, right? I knew at certain points in my career when I was presenting and it was straight passion, right? And it wasn't much value, right? My intent was correct. I was doing it for the right reason, but I just didn't have the skill set and I wasn't just as developed and well-versed in terms of my presentation or communication skills. I wasn't there yet. Right. And I was honest about that. And so I think it's not so much about age. It's about value. Right. Because I'm, I'm speaking to companies and 
I'm the youngest guy on the bill, and this guy's that can be my father, right? That's speaking on the same bill, but I'm closing out the show. And so it's more so because I know what to look for now. I, I'll put it to you all like this. I'll never forget. I told a guy, I said, I blew a lot of opportunities early in my career um, because I was so gun ho right? I was so ambitious. I was so driven, right? That when I would get on the phone with a company and they would say, hey, Ink, so tell us about, you know, what you're going to do. And I would just start rambling, man, I'm going to speak about this because I felt as if I got to prove something. I got to show them, right? Like, I'm going to show you all how I'm going to do. I'm going to set the stage on fire. I'm going to give you everything I got. That athlete mindset, right? And I'll never forget, I would get done. And sometimes they would be like, oh, that was cool, but that's not really what we were looking for. We appreciate it. But I had never even asked them what they were looking for. I had never even said, okay, what is it that you all want me to present about? Was it anything that you all saw when you all were searching me that stood out that I can incorporate into my presentation that you all feel would bridge the gap with you and your organization? I never asked them, are there any filler words, buzzwords? Is there a theme that you guys are using? What's the feeling that you want the crowd to walk away with? What are the dynamics that will be in the room? I never asked those questions. And when I stopped and asked those questions and I became crystal clear on what I needed to do to accomplish the goal that I set out to accomplish, then I became a sniper with my content. At first, I just walked in a room and I'm spraying everywhere like he talked about. I'm all over the place. But when I became a sniper and became crystal clear on my objective and my goal, then my content was different. The value was different. I was able to demand more in terms of, you know, my honorarium, my price and things of that nature. Oops. I don't, I don't, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moose. It's a lot of heat back to back. You know, it's, yeah, it's, very, it's, it's just a lot of heat right now. Yeah, Moose, <laughs> I don't know if this next one's going to like slow it down. Um, So what, when was the time that it felt like it wasn't going to work? Like you just mentioned the times where you missed some opportunities based off just details, but when were when was one time in particular that you were like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I don't, um, maybe I should go back to coaching. Maybe I should figure something else out. When was, when was that for you? Uh, early in my career, uh, when I started out speaking and I wasn't getting paid uh, like that, you know, and now we know in terms of entrepreneurship, you know, early on, for most people, that's the journey, right? You sow, you work, right? You do what you got to do. You embrace the process. And then you start to yield what you seek to yield. But early on, I remember going to speak and, you know, just being obedient. I'm getting the coffee mug, right? I'm going to speak. I'm getting a T-shirt, right? I'm coming home with the, you know, little kit from the event, right? But I'm leaving my wife. I'm leaving my children to do this. And people that I love, people that I respect, people that I'm still friends with, have relationships with till this day, all those people are like, ink, like, man, like, don't do that. Do that on the side. Go get a job, right? Make sure you got insurance for your family. You got a wife, you got kids, man. Like, I get you want to help people and you want to speak. Like, you don't need to be getting coffee mugs, right? Because I had offers also to coach right at the time. And so people are looking like, man, go do that. And then you can do that on the side. And I'll never forget saying, nah, but it feels right. Like, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. So I'm going to stay obedient and I'm going to stay true to it. And I'm going to figure out the puzzle of 
what I need to do and how do I need to do it in order to demand what I want to demand. And so I went on this quest of just figuring out communication. I went on this quest of studying. I went on this quest of building out my infrastructure for my company. I went on this quest of figuring things out to put me and my family in a better situation. So I wasn't just out speaking and having fun and serving, but I wasn't handling the logistics and the other side of it as well. Love it. you know, I, I know today's culture is very on, it's, a, it's like in the, the hamster wheel, right? Like on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And I've been around you for about four years. And I notice you're very disciplined about how you move, what you do. And come on, you got to start this coaching program. And he's like, no, thanks. And you got to get this merchandise. And he's like, uh, I'll pass. Right? Yeah. While I understand the need for innovation, get us like tell us a little bit about that mindset. Like, which, like, why? Why is it that you're like, I'm just going to focus here? Absolutely. What has that done, and why do you do it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the big reason is right. Like all the things you mentioned, right? Like I think they're great from the you know, the programs to the merch, you know, things of that nature. They're great when the right person does them. Now, we all know in every industry, there's people out there that's doing it, that's manipulating it. That's another story. But the standpoint that I come from in terms of thought process for it, um, you know, I'm not where I want to be from a communication standpoint yet. Right. Like I'm still in the process of becoming the communicator that I seek to become. And so my thought process, Moose and Nick, is basically when I present and when I do something, I know the perception of motivational speaker, inspirational speaker in the world. Like I know when people look at a motivational, inspirational speaker, better yet, a young 34 year old African-American motivational speaker. I didn't label myself that. That's just what the world calls me. I know when I walk into a room, what the thought process is when I walk into a room and I'm speaking to Bank of America or Wells Fargo and everybody's suited and booted and you got this young black man. And he got on a button up shirt and he got on some jeans and he's a former athlete. I know the perception when I walk in a room with Chick-fil-A, everybody's suited and booted. You got this young African-American, 34 year old male, right, in jeans and a button up and he played football. He's an athlete. First thought process is he's going to probably tell sports stories. Second thought process is what is he selling from stage? What is he trying to redirect us back to? Third process is third thought process is why should I listen to him? Like, what makes him special, right? Why is he speaking to us, right? Like, I'm not oblivious to it, and I'm all good with it. I get it, right? Everybody has the right to think what they want to think. It's all good, right? So when I step on the stage and you say, what is he trying to redirect us? What is he trying to sell to us? Nothing. I ain't trying to sell nothing to you, right? Where is he trying to push us to? Nowhere, right? Okay, I got to trust him. Let me give him a shot. Let me see what he has to say. And it's in that moment that I got to provide so much value that when a person does become a supporter of me, they're going to ride with me for life because they feel as if the content that I provided, the things that I presented, right, it wasn't trying to redirect them back to something and it wasn't a catch 22 with my content. So when I do come out with merch, when I do come out with something else, when I do come out with a program, they're going to ride for me because I reverse engineered it on the front end when I first asked them for their 
attention. I didn't try to redirect them to something. I didn't sell anything from stage. I just said, will you give me a shot with my content? Right. As a communicator, will you give me a shot and listen to me as a young 34 year old African-American man presenting in an industry that I'm not supposed to be in? Wow. Um, okay, so this is moose, moose, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so do you because a lot of people, what I've seen this year is in multiple years, but definitely this year, um, comparing, right? It kind of stings them, and now we really continue to hear more and more of the imposter syndrome because of all the stuff that's happening and they feel like they can't, you know, run up the same kind of lane as they. Like, how how do you stop yourself uh, from comparing or do you even, or was there a point where you did compare and when did you stop? Right. So, um, you know, for me, like, you know, the quote says, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think it's not anything um, in the world that takes a person off of their mission, off of their purpose, off of their calling, more than comparison, right? But I think we also have to look at it from the perspective of, you know, everybody is put here, man, to run their own race, right? Everybody is put here with their own specific calling and purpose and mission. Everybody has a different skill set, right? Everybody is unique in a certain way. And so the moment I take my calling and try to compare it to another person's calling, everybody's assignment is different, right? Like specifically, right? We could be going in the same direction. We can be brothers and sisters on the same journey, but everybody's assignment may be different. And it's not right for me to compare myself to somebody because none of us had the same starting point, right? Like none of us started at the same spot. None of us started in the same household. None of us started with the same set of circumstances. They may be similar, but none of us had the same starting point. And so for me, like the comparison, I think what it does is it makes a person get unfocused, right? I'm more about when I see somebody, right? And I'm inspired by them and where they are. I'm like, man, that's pretty dope, right? That's their assignment. It's like in the world, everybody is not meant to be on a stage with 10,000 people, right? And I think the problem for most people is, right? Cats can't play their position, right? With whatever it may be. And so it's always a team, right? And so like I tell C all the time, like, man, I got so much respect for you, right? Because you was willing to take the back seat with E when both of y'all were speaking and say, nah, this the guy right here. Like he got the juice, right? All of us got juice individually, but he got the juice, right? He's going to be the guy that we're going to get behind and build his brand so we can get to where we're trying to get to as a team. I think it takes a special group of people, like even with you all and how you all do it, like that's special and that's unique. And I don't think everybody has that because some people are chasing a light so much and they're comparing so much that it makes them forget about their gifts and their calling and their mission and their purpose. And so for me, it's about running my race to the best of my ability with what I feel I've been called to do and trying to stay true to that. Yeah, and you know... Yeah, this this I'm I'm loving this. This I feel like a kid in a candy store for real. Uh, Yo, and speaking speaking of team, you know, I think one of the dynamics uh, for a successful team is humility, 
Now, it's, it's a very fine line, right? Because sometimes the thought process is, oh, you're, you have humility because maybe you lack confidence, right? Sure. And it's like, uh, no, right? So like, I'll never, I'll never forget, uh, maybe like three or four years ago, we were doing a conference. I was actually volunteering at the, at the conferences at that time. So, Nick, I'm in the bathroom washing my hands, uh, and I'm coming out. And who's coming in? Inky Johnson. I'm like, yeah, this is Inky Johnson. And, Ink, you stood there. You acknowledged me. You said hello. You spoke to me. You, I think you even complimented me on something I was doing online. You were like, yo, I love what you're doing. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. Ink is me? Like, at the time, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, this, I'm a nobody. Like, how does Ink know this? And I walked away from that conversation like, yo, Ink is truly a humble person. This is not an act. This is not a, you know, a, a facade that he's putting up. But at the same token, there's a level of confidence and conviction that you walk in. Talk to us about that balance of humility, yes, but I'm not going to let you walk all over me either. There is a level of confidence there. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, man. And I remember the moment you're talking about, man, because I had saw... You speaking online, you know, prior to the conference. And when I saw you, I was like, man, he's dope, man. That's my man. Like, I got to speak to him. I got to show love and respect. Because the way I look at it, Moose um, and Nick, it's like, even if I'm on the platform and I'm speaking, right? Like, I've seen the mistake that cats make when they go into a room and they speak. And cats feel as if people are below them, right? Or they feel as if, if they're in the room speaking and they got the platform, like, they're speaking at people, right? Like people got to listen to me. I'm here for a reason, right? It doesn't mean that you're more successful than a person. It doesn't mean that you're more important than a person because you're on a platform. No, you just got the platform, right? Like God bless you and trusted you with the responsibility in the moment, right? And so for me, when I think about humility, I've always viewed humility as strength, right? I've always viewed humility as a cat that can show respect, a cat that can be self-controlled, a cat that can take the things he's been blessed with and not have to throw it up in somebody's face, a cat that can take his assignment and the things he's been trusted with and handle it in the right way. I've always viewed that as strength, right? I viewed it the other way around, right? A cat that's loud, right? A cat that's got, you know, fake confidence. I viewed that as weakness. A cat that always has to tell everybody what they're doing, who they know, why they do it. I viewed that as weakness and insecurity. Right. I view the cat that's doing it, handling his business right on point, doing what he's supposed to do. And he can still show respect, still walk into a room, acknowledge everybody. I view that as strength my whole life. Right. Because I was blessed to be around people like that. Right. I've always been taught. Right. Cat that's loud. Cat that's over here trying to embarrass somebody. Like to me, that was weakness and insecurity. But I do think. Right. With humility, you got to show people how to treat you. Right. You got to show people how to treat you. And I think a lot of times the mistake that we make with humility is we don't show people how to treat us. Right. Even though you have humility, you forget to show people how to treat you. I think that's very important. You can show respect, but sometimes you got to demand it as well. Mm. Wow. <laughs> you, may, you may have to run this over. I'm, I'm um, side note, um, my mom still loves you. My mom is probably going to watch this. Uh, Hi, mom. Uh, uh, what up, mama? She still, what was it? Stay, what is, stay ready. One of those in New York and you were sitting, we have a picture of you and her talking and everything like that. Like, 
who is that inky guy? He's really cute. Mom, mom. You know, he's really, he's, he's really married, mom. Mom, he's married. I am too. <laughs> oh, that's shout, out, shout out to mom. She'll probably call me after she sees this. But, <laughs> but um, I remember a conversation we had when it come when it came to your content, you were like, "Look, I didn't want to do anything that everybody is doing. Like, I see what E is doing. I see what all the other speakers are doing, and I actually want to have kind of like an exclusive vibe, right? And it even reminds me of like how even people could like book you. Like, you're not out there like when before now a little more now, but." Before you weren't out there, they had a like special request you. It was a referral type status, right? Yeah. Um, talk to us about kind of that strategy, kind of that exclusivity kind of vibe where other people are like, I'm out here. They find me everywhere. <laughs> you could you could book me here, you can book me there. You just gotta, you know, actually just call Joe and he knows exactly where I'm at. Like, find me. Like <laughs> Talk to talk to the people about that kind Mm. of strategy. Yeah. And so for me, it's being totally aware, not only of what I want to do and how I want to do it. It's also being aware of the services that I'm putting forth and the people that I'm putting these services forth to. And so for me, I always think in terms of it like this. um, I'm an athlete. Right. And so for most people. An athlete moving to an industry to where you're presenting and you're speaking, the perception is, for the most part, athletes can't speak, right? That's the perception, that if you book an athlete, athletes going to get up and just tell a whole bunch of sports stories, and it'll be funny or whatever sometimes, but they don't look at athletes as providing much value in terms of the speaking space. And so for me, in terms of perception, looking at it and understanding, okay, what's the perception that I want to have, people have about me? Content, presentation, how I get down, how I carry myself. And so when somebody comes to book me or somebody comes to say, hey, Inky, we're interested in hiring you, right? I'm a pretty low-key guy. I'm not going to be overly anxious. I'm not going to be, I'm pretty even kill. That's just my personality in everyday life, right? And so I want them to feel like, uh, I don't know. The guy was real calm. He wasn't really trying to convince me that much. He wasn't overly like, you got to get me, right? I want him to feel like that, right? So when I get in the room and I do my thing, it's like, oh, he's he's really about it. Like he does it. He does it for real, right? I want it to be a little bit of, oh man, I don't know. I want it to be that way. So when I speak, right, I would rather for your expectation to be low and I come in and I shoot it like then I'm over here saying, book me. You got to book me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you overpromise and underdeliver. And that's what most people do. Right? They overpromise. Right. They set the expectation super high. And then you come in and you don't deliver. Right. I would rather for somebody to have a lower expectation because of my background as an athlete. Because of me being a young 34-year-old African-American male, you have a lower expectation, and I come in and I over-deliver with value, with content, with presentation, then ask you guys, oh, man, come book me, and then you over-promise and you under-deliver. So for me, 
It's all about surpassing that expectation, but doing it in a way that's true to me. I like it. I like it. Uh, Inc., I've seen you in places, man, where after you're done speaking, you pull out a notebook and you start taking notes. (laughs) Again, I'm just... You know, there's just right here, things bro. that I got it right you here. You know what I'm saying? Baby. I'm just like, what? You yeah. you never see that ever. Why? Yeah, man. I'm a student. <laughs> I'm a student. Like, I'm gonna be real with you. Like, even when we get off of this, right? Like, the reason I got my notepad and the reason I got my pen is because I'm gonna go and I'm gonna jot down some notes uh, from this. Right? That's just how I've always been you know, just as a person, like in everything that I've ever done, right? I'm a student, right? I'm learning. And I feel as if we can learn something from everybody. And so even when we've been at the conferences and when I wasn't speaking or when I was done speaking, like I'm going to sit down with my pad and I'm going to watch and I'm going to study and I'm going to jot down notes and I'm going to learn, right? And I'm going to go back to them and I'm going to look at them and I'm going to try to incorporate some things into, you know, the way I do what I do to help me become a better individual. Right. Because I'm not one of these individuals that feel as if I've already arrived. I know it all already. I can't learn anything from anybody. I can learn something from everybody. Right. The lane that Nikki is in and how she does what she does in a great way. I can learn something from her. Right. How you do what you do, Moose, in the way that you do it. I can learn something from you. C, E, Jose, all like the team. I can learn something from everybody. And so I'm not one of these guys that's just glued to what I do and how I do it and feel as if I know it all and I've already arrived and it's not anything I can't learn from other people in other areas. No, I can learn something from everybody. So I'm going to bring that notepad. I'm going to jot down some notes and I'm going to get busy and try to add and incorporate within to my campaign and how I'm doing it. I'm just going to keep pressing this. That's all I'm going to do. I'm keep pressing this. Um, so there was an observation I made, uh, before you speak, right. When, when we were traveling with E, you spoke to a few people and some of the stories may have had a sentence or two inspired based off what you said on stage. Like, do you do that strategically? Like, is there certain questions you already have in your mind or you already know, like, I'm going to, whatever I learn from this person, I'm going to draw out of it and it's going to be part of what I say today. Like, how do you go? Because I've, I've realized that maybe twice yeah. now. I'm like, hold on. Yeah. That he, <laughs> yeah. he just heard, like, he had to have what he was already going to have to say beforehand but he j- literally five minutes before just had this conversation like what's what's you know strategy yeah. what's the strategy behind this no, no doubt no doubt you know when we think about people that are great at what they do most of the time or people that's becoming great at what they do from a communication standpoint most of the time people want to do what makes them great right and that's great like people want to work on the things that make them great, right? Whatever their strengths are, they want to do that, right? And people very seldom want to put themselves in situations that force them to level up or force them to grow and force them to be great. And so for me, if I want to continue to grow as a communicator, continue to grow with my presentations, I have to challenge myself. And so if I'm talking to somebody before I go up on stage and they say something that I feel is potent or something that I feel 
I can incorporate within my presentation, you know, I think it's worth me trying to share it and connect it. And I feel as if I have the ability to do it as a communicator. And so when I go and I speak to companies and I can get there and 30 minutes before I'm slotted to go up and I could be talking to the CEO and we could be talking about something that's very relevant. That just happened probably that morning, day before, you know, hour before. And if I can tell us something that's very important to him, I'm going to find a way to incorporate it within to my presentation, because I think for one, it's going to make an impression on them. But also he's going to know, hey, man, he does this for real. Right. But also I'm trying to challenge myself as a communicator to continue to grow and continue to become better, you know, and put myself outside of that comfort zone and keep it fresh. Right. Like I can't do the same thing every single time. Right. The exact same way, even though my story may be similar, even though I may arrive at the same destination. Right. The way I navigate and the way I get there is going to be different every single time because I'm challenging myself as a communicator. I'm not just speaking when I get on stage. I'm challenging myself to grow as a communicator with the way I navigate and the way I get to what I'm trying to accomplish. It was crazy to see because me and him talked about when I was in the military and he said something like similar (laughs) to that. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was stuck. I was in the front. You know, I had the camera and everything. I had to turn that down. Every time Inky's on, I'm just like, nope, camera down. I don't know why we're here. We're just, we're going to sit. Like, it's crazy. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about communication quite a bit, but you also said, you know, you feel that you're not at that vision or at that level yet. Uh, what does that vision look like? What is that grand, yeah. you know, that 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 top level uh, of communication look like for Inc.? Yeah, man, just getting to a point to where, you know, um, I want to have more depth, right? Like, I feel like I do have some layers to what I say and how I present it. I just want to have more depth, uh, more diversity in terms of my content. I think I can go a lot of different directions with it. I want to be able to go more directions with it. Also, just, you know, continuing to become cleaner, right? With my transitions, with my word choice, I want to improve on my vocabulary, right? I want to I want to be able to, like, E, e inspired this uh, in terms of, you know, the Spanish. I want to get to a point to where I start studying that. You know, I saw Nikki helping him. At one point, get right with it. But, you know, just continuing to grow. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing to grow, man, and become sharp, you know, and have depth and have, you know, value beyond belief, but also that diversity as a communicator, right? Being able to go any direction at any given time with my content, right? Like now I feel as if I can go a lot of different directions, but I'm not where I want to be yet. And I know that. Right. And so I'm not going to be oblivious to that and be like, oh, man, I've arrived. No, I haven't gotten to the point to where I feel like I could say, yeah, I'm there. Like I'm in the pocket now, even though I feel like I'm in a pretty good space. Yeah. I need to find another sound. This is this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, work life balance. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. I don't even have to say no yeah. more. Like mm-hmm. your travel schedule before COVID yeah. was crazy, but I know there was always one thing 
that had to happen. You had you had to go back home that same day. Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was no let me stay over this, that, and the third. It was I'm I'm going back home. That's it. Absolutely. Like absolutely. talk talk to the people about that work life balance. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've learned a lot. Like when I was telling you all at the beginning, like feeling like I had been running. And so, you know, with the way I grew up, you know, in that two bedroom home with 14 people and born to my mother at 16 and experiencing the things that I experienced uh, my whole life, I felt like I was running from that. Right. And I'll never forget um, early in my 20s, I was at a retreat. I was at a spiritual retreat and we had breakout groups. And I never forget we was in our breakout group and the gentleman asked a question. He said, does anybody feel as if they're running from something in their past? Right. And people were sharing different things, being vulnerable. And he got to me and I was like, yeah. He was like, what is it? I said, "Um, man, I feel as if I'm running from poverty. Right. And he said to me, (laughs) Nick and Moose, he said, "Uh, are you in poverty? I was like, no. He said, stop running. He said, just stop running. Right. Now, to one. Right. It would be fairly simple. Right. Simplicity. But to me, it was profound because I felt as if at that point I had done a lot of damage. Right. In terms of I had missed a lot, but I felt as if as a man, you've been taught be a provider. Right. Go make sure you're making that money. Make sure you're doing what you got to do to handle your family's business. Right. And coming up the way I came up. I'm like, man, I don't want my children to experience poverty. Don't want to put my family through that. And so I was sacrificing a lot for my so-called career to get to different levels and stages and phases. Now, I look back on it. I'll never forget the first summer I took off. Right. I'll never forget it. I was sitting around the house. I'm like, man, like I'm not getting on the plane today. Right. I'm not speaking today. Right. And at the end of the summer, I was like, man, that's pretty dope. Like, I'm cool. Like, I'm not in poverty. I'm not feeling like I I, I got to get this money or that money, right? When the pandemic happened, right? Of course, I spoke a lot doing this and that. But when the pandemic happened, I was like, bro, like, I don't have to speak as much as I thought I did. I was just running, right? Like, I was just running, right? For no reason, because of some things that happened years ago when I was young. And it put certain things into the picture to where I was able to focus on them more, right? Like, let me share this with you all, right? I was speaking um, for a company in St. Louis. It was Equifax. And I stood up and I said, can anybody tell me um, something that happened as a result of the pandemic, something you're able to do that prior to the pandemic, if we were working and the schedules were the same, that you probably wouldn't have gotten to do because of the time frame. One lady stood up, she said, I'm able to talk to my mother every single day. She's over in Japan, somewhere like that. She was like, when I was working constantly, I knew for a fact I wasn't able to talk to my mother every single day. Gentleman stood up, said, man, I got to watch my first child be born. He said, I know for a fact, right, like if we were working and the schedules were the same, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to see that moment. I stood up. I said, man, you know what? Like, I'm thankful for 3 p.m. It was like, why 3 p.m.? I'm like, man, I'm able to get in the carpool line, right? Every single day almost and pick my children up from school. Prior to that, I didn't see that line very much, right? And so I think when we step back and we look at different situations from a work-life balance standpoint, 
I think when we self-assess and we really put them priorities in the order, I think a lot of times we don't know what we need. We don't know how much of it we need. But I think when we set our values, our priorities in order, and we put the main thing, the main thing, I think it helps us zoom in and focus on what's really important. And I think this time frame has done that for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. it, it got, got too happy. Got too happy. Incredible. Incredible. And this is going to be my last question, man. Um, and by the way, shout out to Little Ink. I see Little Ink playing baseball. Yeah. With this guy. I say, no, I Try love to get that. Him like you, Moose. <laughs> get him like you, man. <laughs> much better. You know? Much better. Yeah. Um, uh, talk to us a little bit about just the routine, man. Like, I know. Uh, Again, we talked about schedule and and productivity and all of these different things. Uh, in in your world, what have you found to be you know just some certain things in in the day to day that you need to to move at a high level to be inky? Absolutely, um, I do a lot of different things in terms of I think being intentional is very important, and I think as people, um, it's like when you're young and you're strong. Right. Or you're young and you're fast and you're athletic, you're young and you're intelligent and you're brilliant and you feel as if nothing can stop you. Right. You feel as if nobody can knock you off your pivot. You feel as if you're strong. And if it go down, you're confident in your ability. You're confident that you're going to make it through when you're young. But in the same sense, you're blinded. Right. Like when you're young, and you're overconfident, you're blinded. Right. A lot of people, when they're so gifted. Right. And they're so talented. Right. Their talent ends up betraying them, not because they're not talented enough or they don't have the skill set. They're blinded. Right. And they're not intentional about certain things. And so for me, I get up and I be very intentional about every single thing. Right. My energy. Right. My family, the time with my family. I try my best to be very intentional. I'm going to say that. And so one of the things that's most important for me, I journal a lot. Right. Like I got a journal for me and my son. I got a journal for me and my daughter. I got a journal for me and my wife. And then I have a journal for myself that I write to myself, right? And you know how, like, as you navigate throughout life and, you know, with parents, people try to tell their children about their parents. Like, hey, man, let me tell you about your father. Let me tell you about your mother, right? And so in these journals, what I'm doing is I'm congratulating them, right, when they do certain things. I'm writing to them about decisions that I had to make for them that they may didn't like, right? Or they didn't like the way it felt, right? They didn't like why I had to do it, but I'm explaining why I had to do it. I'm explaining to them, right, my principles, right, my morals, right, what's important to me, who I am as a person. And I journal first thing in the morning, I journal shortly after lunchtime, and I journal every night after everybody is down in their sleep. And for me, man, that keeps me locked in. That keeps me focused. That keeps me zoomed in on what's important. I think more than any other thing I do, any other routine I have, that's the one thing that keeps me centered the most on what's important. So here's my last question. Um, you got podcasts. <laughs> Can we talk no about no it? No Can we, no we no talk no about the Moose? I got to show you this podcast. Yeah. Um, the quality, the the content in it, fuego! Wow, like I, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him talk about it. But yeah. after like this podcast, when it comes, if it's out by the time you yeah. hear this, like 
you need to go subscribe now or if there needs to be pre-orders to, to podcasts. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah, that's this, good. I saw two and yeah, yeah that ink. Talk talk to the people why mm-hmm. the podcast, what mm-hmm. it's about, and yeah, what can they expect? Yeah, yeah. So it was more so about uh putting out longer form content. And so, you know, you have my presentations. You have my videos and things of that nature that pop up online. But I don't think a lot of people have ever, you know, gotten to get inside of my mind and my thought process. Right. Other than like with us, when we're at an event and, you know, we all talk or we share a few moments about different things or bounce and pitch and catch ideas, concepts back and forth. But in terms of the world, I don't think they've gotten the opportunity to see the way I think much. Right. In terms of me being on the spot, navigating through my thought process, my perspective, how I see things, how I interact, you know, also joking right about certain things. Like, I don't think a lot of people know, like, I like to have fun man. I like to joke. Right. And like I was on Twitter and I, I was laughing at something that a guy said. And this is what really sparked it. I was laughing at some guy, you know, he wrote back something, a joke or whatever. And I was laughing at it. And my man was like. Oh man, like I didn't think you was going to laugh. Like I thought you was always serious, right? And I was like, man, I got to I got to show cats, right? That that other side of me, man, like that I'm not just a serious dude, right? I like to have fun, but also putting out longer form content that I feel can add value to the world. And you guys in- inspired this, you know, of course, E and the squad inspired this, and it's just about getting to work, man, and trying to add value. Yeah. So look, everybody, depending on when you hear this, yeah. I need y'all to go subscribe to it. Everything with Ink and stuff like that. Like, Ink, where can they find you real quick? Yeah. Where can they find you? Yeah, I'm Inky Johnson. I-N-K-Y-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Inky Johnson Motivate on Instagram. But all the other social media platforms, just Inky Johnson. Website, InkyJohnson.com. I appreciate the support, man. I won't let you down. You could trust me. More importantly, you could trust me. I'm yeah. telling you, if you haven't, the two people who haven't heard about Inky, the two, right? <laughs> Crazy. Like, Crazy. Just, just YouTube, my man. You'll thank me later. I promise you, you will. Uh, real quick announcement. Tuesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central. Moose. 4.30. 4.30. All right. 4.30 p.m. West Coast time. Facebook. We have our live show every Tuesday. Facebook.com slash Nikki and Moose. Also, follow us everywhere, Nikki and Moose. And leave the review. You heard that we did it earlier. Leave the review. But, uh, Moose, h- how did you feel about this episode? Oh, this this was terrific. This this did not disappoint not one bit. Uh, Inc., if I could just take a moment, man, and say thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, so much respect and admiration for who you are, first and foremost, and, of course, what you do and what you share with the world. So, uh, yeah, no, this this is phenomenal. Yeah, and, and Inc., I was, I was scared to press send. I am going to hold you. I was scared to press send for you to come on here because, first, <laughs> uh, I know how much you're a family man. I was like, 
So in COVID, does this mean he spends all the time with his family? Because how does this work? I don't want to disturb that he is home. Um, he is in his like super, super mansion. I still have to go over one day. Moose, I don't know if you've seen these like I've little small seen corner it. pictures that he tries to play. Like he has like. I'm only going to do one section of it, but we could already tell the vibes. That thing is massive. So, um, yeah, I I was scared to press send, but I no, knew it was important. Good. Like for me and Moose, the way we show appreciation is having people here and having people say their stories about their brand, their business while they're alive. Like, I think we wait too long to give flowers and we wanted to give you your flowers because both of us, and especially for me, because I'm speaking, so I can't speak for Moose, but um, I've been nothing but inspired. I still get geeked out the times that you comment and you put beast. I'm like, no, I'm baby beast. I'm baby beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm baby beast. I'm not. Uh-uh. I got to get my stats up. Like, I get geeked out. And so the only way we know how is to, you know, put you on our platform, the baby platform that we have, but because it was important to us to give you your flowers because you've done amazing and you've inspired not only the world, but you've inspired us and yeah. we love you for real, for real. Nah, man. Y'all know, man, both of y'all, I got a lot of love and respect for both of you all, man. Anything that you all are ever doing, anything that you all got going on, you already know it's solid with me and I'm going to support it because I got great respect and admiration. For both of y'all. Absolutely. 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 Um, and I've been waiting for this podcast to drop because it's about to blow up. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> it's about to yeah. blow up. We going to make sure of that. It's about to blow up. But uh, Moose normally do the final words, but Ink, you're on. And we would love the final words by you. Absolutely. So I got a quote card sitting here with me. And I'm going to read it and take us out with it. You know, this year, I know it's been been challenging in terms of 2020. Now we're in 2021, rocking and rolling. And it's going to be a beautiful year for a lot of people. But I want to leave you with this. This quote card reads, you can't calm the storm, so stop trying. What you can do is calm yourself, and the storm will pass. I'm going to say it again. You can't calm the storm, so stop trying. What you can do is calm yourself, and the storm will pass. Never forget, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of challenges. The ability to learn is a gift, even when pain is your teacher. Keep pressing.